I mean, presumably here. Definitely, uh, like the times that, you know, I felt like I was in a rhythm. I think, you know, once we kind of get plays going, then you know, that puts the all offense in a rhythm. So, um, you know, we put a couple of good drives together on Sunday. Of course, you know, things that I didn't like, I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not, not, not playing like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not uh, – that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts rather than just, of, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. I mean, just going back. So it's a game, um, and, and, and that's it because that's when, you know, I play my best is – I'm just out there playing free and uh, being myself. So um, I'm going to say kind of just bump all the, you know, the, you know, what I should do, what I, uh, this and that, like pocket stuff. Like I'm going to go out there and be me. So, um, yeah. When you, say when, when you are playing the way uh, when you're playing like yourself, what does that look like? We'll see. So. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? Um, you know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, uh, I think, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes, I prepare myself throughout the week. And then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. Hey, Justin, you know, we've heard this before from, from other athletes. There are just too many, like, coaching voices in your head at this point that you're trying to process so much. Is that kind of – is that part of what you're saying? Um, I don't think it's too many coaching voices, but I just think when, you know, you're fed a lot of information um, at a point in time and you're trying to think about that info, like, when you're playing, it's like it doesn't let you play like yourself. You're trying to – you know, process so much information to where it's like, you know, if I just simplified in my mind, I would have did this. Like, I saw a few plays on Sunday to where if I was playing like my old self, like, we would have had a positive play. Like, there would have been, you know, a few more third down conversions. So, um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just, you know, uh, playing the game how you know, I know how to play it, how I've been playing it my whole life. So, that's what I got to get back to doing. Well, there was a few times you felt like you were in rhythm and you liked the drives that you were in rhythm. Yeah. What does that look like and what does that feel like when you feel like, okay, I was in rhythm in that drive? Um, you know, just, you know, after a big chunk play, you know, we're on the ball, we're rolling. So um, I think, you know, chunk plays and um, you know, kind of getting back to back, like for the first drive, for example, you know, we hit the dagger to DJ. Um, then we had a third down conversion choice route. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what that looks like. So, yeah, so what was the 90-yard touchdown drive was another one where, where you guys, a lot went well and a lot of different things worked. When you went back and watched that sequence, what, what struck you about that eight-play stretch of, of just going? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, we didn't let um, anything affect us. I think we might have had a penalty on that drive, but, you know, we got through it and we just played ball. We, we, we did what we were supposed to do. You know, no matter the down and distance, you know, we just went out there and executed each play on that drive. So um, that's what we got to get back to doing. And, you know, that's what we're going to do. You talk about being fed a lot of information. When When is that information being fed? Are you talking about on game day or are you talking about during the weekend? You talking about all No, it's just, you know, I, I'm, you know, I think, you know, there's been times where I just try to be a perfectionist and, you know, nothing in this world is perfect. So, um, you know, like I said, just, you know, stop thinking more and, 
It's just go out there and play. Justin, what has this conversation been like for the coaches? I'm sure that right now is not the first time you're voicing that this week about wanting to play more freely, more naturally. You said, what has it been like, the coaches? Yeah, what was the conversation? I should assume you talked to Getsy, Ibrahimovic, somebody about what you're saying right now. Yeah. And and how did that go? Like, what what was their input on whether you were being a little too robotic or maybe trying to account for too many things instead of just playing freely? I mean, it was good, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like. Shoot, uh, the, the the conversation was good. Um, I'm just gonna keep that private, to be honest with you, and you know, just just like I said, and just go out there and play. So, I mean, yeah. As part of playing freely, is that feeling free to take off and run the way? I mean, you see, it seemed like you played freely last year. Do you want more of those elements now that yeah. you seem to have last year? Yeah, I think you just have to have a, a healthy mix of it. You know, of course, there's gonna be times where. You know, you're, you are going to have to stay in the pocket. And, then, um, you know, like I said, you're going to have to extend plays, make plays, um, get outside the pocket, you know, be a threat with your legs and be able to still throw the ball too. So, um, you know, just keeping that same kind of fluidity uh, throughout the game and, um, you know, just 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 being smart about everything. So. That, that, that play you had down the sideline in the second quarter, the home team sideline where you roll out and play action and, like, defender made a good play on Cole. Like, is that the type of play you want to see more of that gets you on the move so you can make those sorts of throws? Yeah, I mean, and like you said, you know, that was a design rollout. So uh, those plays can happen you know, called or those plays can you know, happen scramble drill naturally to where, you know, we are extending the play and then that that, that happens. So, yeah. Are you noticing teams when they're playing more zone on you? That's, is that taking your running lanes away? Do you feel are there ways to, like, compensate for that in games? What? Uh, when you when you're facing as much zone as you are to be able to, to take off and run, if you see you're talking about like when it, when it's a pass play. No, I mean just any any opportunity you have to like create those explosive gains. Some of the things that we saw last year, are you seeing less opportunity to do that because of the way? I would you- say in the uh, read option game, I, I would say their you know ends aren't really playing the back. I know last game they were just pretty much focused on me. So um, but you know if they do that, then I just have to carry out my fake and uh, the back has to do his job by. Run the ball, so yeah. You said you wanted to keep the conversations with the coaches private, but did they seem receptive to these ideas that you're sharing? Of course, of course. you know, Coach Flus is Coach Flus, Luke, everybody in the building is you know always receptive to what we have to say. And you know, uh, anytime you know anybody has a problem or um, you know comes to them with anything, so they're all always receptive to us. Sure, you said, you, you said your rookie year you felt like you also had to play a certain way, and you said you used the word robotic describing that in hindsight. Has this been a frustration? For you throughout your career, being trying to be having coaches try to change too much of the way you like to play the game. Um, you said, has it been frustrating? Yeah, has that been a frustrating part of life in the NFL for you that you have? <laughs> Not really. I mean, been trying to mold you into something that isn't the natural way that you want. No, nah, no. Nah, I think Luke knows that you know I'm my own uh, self. I'm my own person, and I think it's more of me trying to um, just just making sure I don't. Um, think about it as much as like, oh, we want you to do it a specific way. Then, at the in the in the big scheme of things, I have to uh, continue to be me and um, you know, play the game how I play it. And I think when sometimes I'm coached, I think that you know, I think that I've you know had times where like, okay, they want me to do it like this, so I have to kind of change it. But I mean, I just have to you know, it's 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 probably more of a me thing than a coach thing. So. Um, you know, when they tell me things, of course, I correct it, stuff like that. But in the grand scheme of things, I have to still be, you know, 
um, the person and the player, you know, what's what's got me up to this point. So um, rather than changing my whole game, just, you know, implement it in my game and, um, you know, make those little corrections. But don't allow that to change me as a whole player. Justin, when, Justin, when you said you're a perfectionist, is that in the context of if you're looking down the field, you think it has to be perfect to let it rip? What, what part of the perfectionism in your personality do you need to kind of ignore? Uh, that's, that's what it sounded like you were saying. Um, I didn't really understand like what you're saying. You're naturally a perfectionist. Yeah, like I just want you know everything to happen the right way. So, um, no, you're always not gonna get the right, the perfect picture if that's what you're asking to for me to you know do something or. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can keep asking your question. I don't, I don't in I feel what, like there's a lot of you know ways you can go with your question. So. In what ways does your own perfection or perfectionist personality help you and hurt you? Help me what? Help you and hurt you. Um, you were talking as though it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it, you know, helps because, um, you know, you can do something good and um, it cannot be good enough. So you can always strive to be better. And then, um, you know, um, hurts you. It's just like, you know, everything doesn't have to be perfect. You know, if it works, it works. So um, I think that's kind of the m most simple way to, you know, explain it. So, yeah. Coach Kibbles has been adamant that this 12-game, you know, losing streak hasn't really impacted the mentality in the locker room or affected the unity of it. Mm -hmm. These past couple of weeks is probably the first time in this kind of tenure where we've heard the coaches say, hey, Justin needs to be better here. We've heard you say the coaches could adjust some things here or there. Is that kind of just a natural process when you're trying to find some answers to really start to hold everybody accountable for what each individual's role is? Yeah. And, um, you know, we've, we've talked about this multiple times. You know, nobody's going to take anything personal. Um, you know, if the coaches say, you know, we need to play better, we need to play better, I need to play better. I'm not taking that personal because, you know, I think everybody in here knows that I need to play better, including myself. So, um, you know, they're not going to take it per uh, personal if, you know, us as players go to them and say, yo, I didn't like this call or, you know, uh, they need to be better. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all grown men in the building and um, we all can take it. So, um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, working with each other, getting each other better, holding each other accountable and working towards the same goal. So um, in terms of that fact, yeah, I think you know, everybody can do uh, better around here, you know, including myself. So just uh, maybe, maybe as an extension of what you're talking about on the, on the strip sack in the second quarter, if you had that. Play exactly. Back, exactly. What, 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 I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm gone. You know, time clock. I'm, I'm, I'm gone out of the pocket. That's, that's why that happened because I'm just, you know, uh, they wanted me to work on staying in the pocket, you know, during during the off season, which you know, there's times where you do, but when that internal clock goes off, that's when you need to get out and extend the play, make a play. So, um, yeah, so it's just kind of like taking their coaching, and then there's always going to be like you don't have to always. I guess it's not going to work out perfectly every time. So, yes, there's times where I could have stayed in the pocket, but like in that play, that specifically, like I was in the pocket for a long time, so I got to. You know, Extend the play, get out of the pocket, extend the play, and um, you know, do something with it. You know, make 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 something shake. So um, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about, though, and kind of you know, getting back into my game and you know, becoming more of a football player than you know, such a thinker on the field. So yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Justin Fields. Uh, we're going to have Matt Eberflus coming up here in a moment. Pat the Designer, Jason McKee in the building. 
Very interesting conversation there, J-Mac. I'm not going to lie to you. We're not going to get too in-depth on it right now because we got flus coming up to the podium as well. But just a glimpse of what you heard there from Justin Fields. What's your initial reaction when you hear him say, I felt like I was playing robotic? Yeah, you heard it. I I mean, as much as the offseason, right, we talked about him developing as a passer, right? So, you know, them probably, you know, coaching him, hey, you know, stay in the pocket is there. You know, go through your progressions is there. But we've seen it at Ohio State in his whole entire career, right? He's not just a quarterback. He's a weapon because he has the ability to scramble. He has the ability to extend plays. And he has the ability to be accurate and throw on the run. Like you saw that throw he had uh, to Cole Komet along the sideline. Yeah. I mean, that was a great accurate throw, him on that rollout. And that's a play that, you know, Cole's trying to get his feet in bounds, but he's also got to bring that down. You know what I mean? Knowing that, hey, defenders are taught in this league, you know, to, to separate your hands from the ball. So essentially what they'll try to do is put put their hand in between your hands and dislodge the ball. But that ball was on the money. And he's a dynamic player when he has ability to be on the move. And, you know, let his natural instincts, let him play to his, his strengths. And that's him making plays. Like, he's just, I mean, look at last year, right? And we talk about how many games he ran for over how many yards. But that's just his ability as a playmaker. So, you know, it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, Pat, is, you know, the coaching staff taking his input on what he feels will make him successful. You know, you can't make him do something that he's not comfortable doing. Did he miss reads on Sunday? Yes, 100%. You know, 100%. Did he miss open receivers? Yes. Does he hold the ball too long? Hell yeah. But at the same time, don't take his God-given ability to make plays. He's a dynamic player. And you look at the, the better quarterbacks in this league, they have the ability to make plays, extending plays. And we're going to see that this weekend in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes makes a ton of plays outside of the pocket. Yeah. He holds the ball for a long time, but he has that uncanny ability to keep his eyes downfield and make plays downfield and deliver that ball from any type of platform that he's on. And to me, it's just a matter of finding that perfect balance, right? Like realistically, yeah, I want to see Justin Fields hit those reads, find those guys open, adjust to being a passer in this league. But on the other side, right, I also want to see Justin Fields not stand back there and become the robot that, yes, pull the Band-Aid off. Mitch Trubisky ended up becoming here in Chicago. That was my fear through two weeks of this season. I thought that we were heading toward a situation where Justin Fields was just um, becoming – Jones is going to – Okay, here we go. We got flus coming up. We got flus coming up. I'm point on the other side. Let's get back after to the it. game. You know, uh, it was a, it's a neck. So we're gonna. That's what we know right now. And uh, that's where it is. Uh, good to see Nate Davis uh, back. Um, and uh, certainly our hearts are, are saddened for him. But uh, uh, he's back in the building. Came back last night, and uh, he's uh, all set to go to practice today. Uh, but uh, again, all of our uh, sympathies with his family. Um, other injury updates will be after practice. Um, you know, Eddie's Eddie's uh, is positive right now, and then Mooney uh, as well. So we'll we'll see where that is afterward. Um, and again, we're excited about this week. We talked about that on Monday, uh, going forward. Uh, oh, no, the questions from there. Um, we'll see where it is. We don't have timetables on it uh, right now. That's where it is right now. Where do you go from there? Yeah, so we got, you know, Larry. Uh, Larry Borum's in there. You know, JT could take some spots out there. Uh, we really feel uh, good about him, the way he played last week inside. Uh, certainly athletic enough to help us out there, too. But we'll see where it goes. Would you ever have any, uh, I guess, thought of switching sides with Darnell? 
Um, yeah, there's certainly thought there um, for sure. Uh, but when you're working with, you know, a, a first year player, a lot of times you like to leave them in the same spot. Uh, but uh, certainly that's uh, been in conversation. Ed, do you anticipate Alan Williams to return at any point this season? I do not have an update on, on uh, Alan Williams right now. He's still the defensive coordinator. Like I said, I don't have any update. I don't have any update right now. Have you spoken to him since he's been asking? I don't have any update. Man, we just we just heard from Justin. He talked about that when he, he watched the tape, he felt like he was robotic and used to be playing more like himself. How did that conversation go with you and him and Luke after the game? Yeah, so every week I sit down with Justin uh, on, on Monday. You know, we go through some plays, you know, uh, good plays, plays that we need to talk about. And then we just sit and have a conversation. You know, that, that could last for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever that is, whatever we need uh, to make sure. But I know this, that he respects the partnership uh, between coaching, you know, and, and player. And we want his feedback. Um, you know, he wants our feedback. And that's how you get to honest conversations. And, um, you know, the meeting we had this week was good. You know, it was good. Um, he expresses, you know, you know what he would like. You know, I express what he's doing well, you know, what he needs to work on. And that's always going to be the case. And uh, it was a good conversation. Did you have the same um, – come to the same conclusion after the game with him that, like, when he came – when he realized that he needs to play more free, he needs to work himself, did you agree with that? Did you say see that when you watch that game that he needs to get back to – Kind of the way yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, when, uh, you know, if he's feeling that way, then, you know, that's, then yes. You know, I think that a player needs to feel free. He needs to have the flow of the game. He needs to use his instincts. Um, that's what you want from players, right? Um, you know, you have, you have uh, any players like that, right? If it's a receiver, linebacker, defensive line, those guys, you got to play free, right? And, you know, the guys were brought here to play that way. We want to see them. We want to see those in the game situations. Certainly as a quarterback, you got to go through your progressions, but, there's also instincts that are involved in that, and we want them to have that flow. We want them to have that that freedom to do those things. How do you give appropriate time to your offense, kind of overseeing that with your defensive coordinator, uh, not in the building? Yeah, it's uh, it's you know I spend time with the offense on the on the game plan days. I spend breakfast club with the quarterbacks. Um, I meet with the the coaches uh, in the evening on the offensive side, and then I'm in the interim. You know, a game plan also on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday with the defense and meeting with those guys. I'm in the unit meetings with the defense. Um, and uh, like I said, it's 50-50. Uh, You're splitting it 50-50 there, and uh, that's what you do. Does the, does the defense need more than 50-50 from you if, if Allen's not here? Yeah, we got, we got like I said before, we have uh, Andre Curtis, John Hoke, all those guys that have great experience, um, guys that have been in our system. Um, Erganzi, Overstreet, all those guys are, are working diligently, uh, so we're prepared and ready to go. Matt, with Justin, he mentioned on the strip sack that that was a play he was in the pocket for a long time, that he should have trusted his instincts and taken off. Are you seeing it being, hey, he's doing exactly what he's coached almost to a T versus he's not seeing things properly downfield, or is there a mixture of both? Yeah, I would say it's probably a mixture. I just think that he wants to be able to let it flow, you know, let it go, let him be himself um, and play free. Um, and I think that's where, where he's at right now. And uh, that's what we want. You know, we, we want him to do that. He feels that presence in the pocket, you know, where he's got pressure and he sees a place where he can work to either do a scramble drill, throw the ball down the field, or take off and go. Matt, as an extension of that, when he says that one of the reasons he feels like he's playing robotic is, in his words, coaching, 
What's your interpretation as a coaching staff, you, Luke, Andrew, on what you guys need to alter so that the coaching doesn't make him a lot? Yeah, I mean, when you're coaching, you're obviously coaching the scheme, you know, whatever that is. If it's a if it's a run or, or a play, you know, he's carrying out a fake or if it's a pass progression, you know, you, so you're always coaching those things. And I think that it's the partnership. And like I said, he respects that partnership. And, and so do we. Um, so we want him to play free. And I think it's very important that, you know, as we work through this, you know, making sure that he does play free, that we coach him that way, you know, and, and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times he wants to be perfect. You know, he wants to be perfect. He wants to do it the right way. And there's a balance there though, right? There's a balance between, Hey, going to, going through my progressions, but also having the ability to say, Hey, I feel these things happen. And now I'm going to play instinctual. And that could be just sliding up in the pocket in the B gap and delivering the ball or taking off and running. So, um, you know, I think that's where that is. Are you going to that for you? How do you unlock that for you as a, as a coach? Yeah, I would just say it's it's all about, you know, you coach them off the tape. Say, hey, this is where it is. Okay, you're going through progressions. You don't like what you see. Okay, here's an opportunity to do this. Or here's an opportunity to deliver the ball down the field. You just coach it that way. And and that's very important how you talk to them. And, uh, you know, so you coach that freedom into them. Are you, you go, have, are you going to call the defense Sunday at Kansas City? Yeah, at this time, uh, with no update, if, if that's the case, I will be there calling the defense, no question. Did you have any sense that you guys were overcoaching Justin Fields? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I would just say that, you know, um, having him be in flow, having him be free is what we want. You know, and that's, that's – I didn't get indications of that. So were you surprised by what he said when he brought that to you? Um, no, I just wanted him to speak free. I wanted him to speak free to us. I wanted him to be honest. I wanted him to be, you know, forthright with what he's saying and then – you know, can we work through this together to get him to play free and to have him have that flow? It seems like everybody was on the same page with wanting to fake Justin into a better pocket passer to add that to his already obvious weapon. Has has that changed through through two? I mean, including Justin Fields, it seems like he wanted to be a pass more. Has that all of a sudden changed? Well, I mean, you look at those drives that we had, you know, the last game, you know, the ones that we executed well, there was really good rhythm. There was timing. There was good platform. He was letting it rip. Right. You know, the first throw to DJ, the touchdown to Clay, you know, all those things that are done in the pocket. You know, so to be successful, you have to be, you know, be able to throw from the pocket. Right. And there's a delicate balance there where if you have an athletic quarterback like Justin, that when he feels the instincts to be able to, it's starting to break down a little bit or the time is getting long on the clock. If there's a space to do what he needs to do to get the first down to, to keep the ball moving in two minutes, do it. You know, so that's the instincts we're talking about. Matt, how do you steer the team through this year? 0-2, the first two games have gone very, very poorly compared to your expectations. Your quarterback is saying what he said today. Your defensive coordinator's not here. Like, you're in the middle of the fire right now. Yep, you focus on here and now. What can we do right now during this time with the meetings we had this morning, okay, with the improvements we're going to make, and have a great Wednesday practice. That's all you can do. Be where your feet are, focus here right now. Does that having a defensive coordinator become problematic at some point? I mean, you know, I mean, do you not need a defensive coordinator because you're a defensive coordinator yourself? Yeah, I think with the experience that we have, you know, on defense, I don't think that's an issue. Is this something that you guys could have worked through in the preseason or is it such a different style of uh, – is this something that you guys could have worked through in the preseason? What's the context of your uh, – the, the disjointedness of the offense, right? It just feels this feeling of being overcoached. Is this something that could have been worked through in the, in the preseason or is this like such a different style that it would have been? No, I just think, you know, like we're in the present. We're right here right now. So I just think that, you know, we're 
you know, listening to the players, right? We're getting feedback like we always do. Like I said, we respect the, the partnership, and uh, that would that's where it is right now, and uh, we're going to focus on this Wednesday. Matt, do you use a coaching, do you use a coaching staff? Do you like you put Justin in the best position to succeed? Um, uh, I would say that uh, it's a partnership. You know, so, you know, when he's successful, we put him in position. You know, when he's struggling, guess what? We didn't do a good enough job. You know, so we all take ownership of that. We all take accountability for that. That's what the partnership is, right? There's going to be no uh, this or that or the other thing. We're going to have honest conversations. And when the player is doing what he's supposed to be doing and, and, and playing free, then it's good, right? And if it needs to be corrected or moved, guess what? We all need to do it together. Man, I, know, I, know it was four, I know it was four years ago, but what did you do against Mahomes in 2019 that was so successful? And how much is the element of surprise important against like Andy Reid and Mahomes? Was that any part of that, that game that you threw something at them that they didn't expect? Yeah, I would just say, you know, it was good fundamentals, right? The guys did a nice job with their, with their effort and the intensity was right. And uh, the, the rudiments of the game were there, right? So I, I, if you want to go back and watch the tape, you'll see all those things there. Were there different things that we did, you know, in terms of the scheme, coverage, different things? Sure. Right. That's how you got to play this guy. So um, very good team. Obviously, a lot of good skill. Uh, we got a big challenge and a big opportunity ahead of us. Head coach of the Chicago Bears. Uh, J-Mac, listen, we got a lot to get into on today's episode. We also want you guys to get involved as well. So call into the show, 312-332-3776. The Chicago Bears podcast here, live reacting to the press conference. I'm Pat, the designer. Back at it again. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Also want to let you guys know that today's episode is, as always, brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino in Northern Indiana. All right, J-Mac, a um, lot to break down here. We mm. were talking about Justin Fields before we went to the break um, and heard from Matt Eberflus. Did it feel like Justin Fields threw his coaches under the bus? I see a lot of that in the chat. We heard a lot of that line of questioning, basically, and I don't feel that way. I feel like Justin Fields was being honest about the situation that he's currently going to have to be in with this coaching staff, and he doesn't want to be robotic with the things that they're telling him. He doesn't want to go out there and sit there and just, okay, I have to stand in the pocket because coach says I have to stand in the pocket, taking away what he does best. Did it feel like he threw his coaching staff under the bus there to you? No, he's just saying that, you know, there's certain times where he feels like he's a robot. He doesn't have the the ability to to play the game like he, like he knows how to. Uh, in other words, you know, use his skill set, you know, use all his strengths to his advantage. And you know, that's a lot of things that I see. And, you know, he's not making excuses. You know, there's times where, yeah, he holds the ball too long because he's trying to sit in the pocket like they want him to and make a play. There's times where he doesn't go through his reads. There's times where there's receivers open, you know. So it, it's, it's this whole team as a whole, you know, just an offense right now. It, it's the whole offense. You know, there's guy, the guys making plays, but there's guys, you know, not making plays, not fulfilling their responsibilities. Uh, when you get a drive starter, there's penalties, there's drop balls, you know, there's miss miss pickups and protection. There's a lot of things that you got to clean up. And and right now, you know, this offense, we're finding ways to lose. You know what I'm saying? The great teams, they're not going to do things to hurt themselves. Bad teams, that's what they do. And right now, you know, on tape, it's showing that offensively uh, we're a bad team. You have one good play, you get a holding call. 
set you behind the change. Yeah. You know, you make an explosive play, penalty, set you behind the change. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's this offense collectively, and I think they know that. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, when you're in a, situ- a situation like this, and I've been in situations like this, being on being in this franchise, you got to focus on you doing your job as an individual better because that's going to make you better as a whole. So Justin knows, hey, I've got to be better at quarterback. I've got to trust my instincts. And if I go through my progressions and if I see this receiver is open, hey, trust my gut and deliver that ball on target. That's my job. You know, and it's it's the offensive coordinator's job to put his players in the best position to succeed. And like he's like Coach Eberflus just said, have we done have we done our job in terms of making sure that Justin's in the right situation? It works hand in hand. So basically saying we have not done our job in terms of putting him in situations to be successful, right? Justin has put himself in situations to make himself not successful. So it's everybody as a whole. Everybody's got to get better, uh, like we've been saying all along. And the sad thing is this is your second year in the system, right? Everybody, most of the guys on that offense. And we're still seeing the same offense, if not worse, than what we had last year. Yeah, and I think the biggest question now for me is, okay, if what the offense is seems like it's not working for you, how does Luke Getzey adjust that offense to you? Last season, it was literally just, we're going to run the football. And I don't think that's the answer either. I don't think you just stand back there and you want to see Justin Fields running the football 30 times a game like we saw pretty much all of last season. He does have to have those moments where he stands in the pocket and he gets rid of the ball. But he brought up a very, very specific moment where he's standing back there. It looks like literally there's three reads wide open. He's got Roshan coming down the middle. He had Cole cutting out to the left. And of course, he has Tyler Scott on the underneath doesn't hit any of them just stands back there and waits I think what Justin saying was is was saying was more of a hey guys I I don't know uh, uh if you know this but when you tell me these things I want to execute them to the highest degree possible and because of that I'm sitting here and I'm trying to force things to work I just need to be able to go out there and play my game I think that he was more so putting the onus on himself trying to take in the information that Luke was giving him and going out there and trying to execute it no matter what and I actually like I mean I think this is the difference this is I know there's not a lot to feel good about right now with the quarterback play on this team, but if you can hold your hat on anything, it's that Justin Fields is taking a stand for himself and saying, hey, guys, yeah. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but I'm still a good athlete. I'm still, I still can be a good quarterback in this league, and I'm going to take control of my life right now versus what we saw here before where Mitch kind of just said, whatever the coaches say, I got to do. But now Mitch even said, though, he even told um, Nagy that, hey, I, you know, it was he was saying that I'd like more movement. You know, I feel more comfortable when I'm on the move. And as a coach, you have to listen to your players. I'm a coach. I've got to listen to my players. Right. I've got to be able to listen to their feedback, because if something isn't working or if there's something that we're doing offensively or as a team and it's not working and my players feel like they, they can't have success executing the game plan or the fundamentals and techniques that we're implementing into them, well, then we're going to fail. Because at the end of the day, the coaches aren't playing the game. You know what I'm saying? They're not – Matt Eberflus is not going to make one tackle. Luke Gessie is not going to complete one pass. It's up to it's up to him making sure that his players are in position and they understand what their job is and what the details is of every single play. So that, that way they can go out there and execute at a high level. And if my players is telling you, especially my quarterback, telling you, hey, you know what? I'm not comfortable with this route concept. If the offensive line is saying, hey, this protection, we understand it, but it's putting us at a disadvantage. Well, then you have to go in and adjust your game plan, 
adjust your protection, adjust your route concepts, adjust the quarterback's progressions, footwork, all those mechanics to where it's going to make them comfortable. So that way they can go out there and play fast and are not back there thinking and they can play with, uh, you know, play fast and play off more instincts and just be out there playing football instead of trying to think and, and diagnose everything before each snap. You know, sometimes you can overcoach. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's what we saw. I, I I love it, right, that the fact that Justin Fields basically acknowledges what all Bears fans saw. We all looked at that game. We were like, what's happened to him? They broke him. <laughs> Something has changed about him because the moments where he was more willing to take off. And listen, guys, I know that we all just think, right, like that no matter what, right, the defense is just going to let Justin Fields run and he can make magic out of every play. You heard Justin say as well that, guess what, in those RPO moments, they're only focused on me. They're not focused on down the field. So what does that mean? That means you got to either let that football go to the running back or you got to get that pass off, right? And so I, I just – I really want to see him – be more comfortable in his game. It seems like through two weeks, there was an unpreparedness for week one. There was an uncomfortableness in week two. Now in week three, what do you think is the change that if this is implemented, right? Because listen, this could all just be fluff talk for the press conferences. By the way, call into the show, 312-332-3776 to be a part of it. This could all be fluff talk. But the, what what's the number one thing now that you think changes for Justin Fields heading into this Kansas City game if we see a change? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the co that's it for the coaches, man. They got you, you have an opportunity to go against a great team. Um, and you look at the changes that a lot of these organizations have made in the second year with their quarterbacks. You talk about Buffalo with Josh Allen. They added a number one receiver, Stephon Diggs, in his second year, and uh, you know, he exploded. You know, he and they they tailored that offense to his strengths. Jalen Hurts the same way. They brought in AJ Brown, the number one receiver. And they tailored that offense to his strengths. You know, this year we brought in DJ Moore and we're not tailoring that offense to Justin Fields' strengths. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's a discouraging thing. And another thing that really bothers me is, right, when, when you have a quarterback that's struggling, you know, the running game can be your best friend. Why not establish a running game to take pressure off of our quarterback who's struggling? You know, when you have 11 carries combined for your running backs on Sunday against a very good Tampa Bay defense, that's disturbing, especially when Rashawn Johnson averaged eight yards a carry and yeah. Khalil Herbert averaged five yards a carry that game. You know what I mean? Like, get the running game going. You want on all this play action. Well, play action set up off of a successful running game. It doesn't go – it's not backwards. You know, you ain't going to do play action if they're not respecting the run. They're not going to bite. They're going to drop in his own coverage like we saw. So that's what's very disturbing. Like the whole schematically and and, and everything like that, it, it's real disturbing. There's a lot of things to clean up. And on top of that, when you have guys now not executing their individual jobs, you know, at a high level, and you're getting pre-snap penalties at a high level, I mean, it's a dumpster fire. Let's be honest. Like that's what it is right now. It's just sad. I mean, and, and for me, you know, as a former player, um, you know, I, I not just myself and a lot of former players. You know, we're pissed because, you know, we feel a part of this Bears family, right? And you feel like, for me personally, and I'll speak for me, and I can't speak for all my, you know, the former players and former teammates, but for me, when I go out there and watch this team on Sunday, what I the feeling that I get is it's like you see your family member getting their butt kicked every Sunday. You can't do nothing about it. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. You know what I mean? You can't do nothing about it. So, I know it's frustrating for those guys. Those guys practice hard. They put a lot of time in, man. Like they don't, they don't want to go out there and lose games and, and perform bad. Like they're trying. But at the end of the day, like you've got to, 
like the coaches, the players, your ownership, because you're all in it together. But it's the coaches that have to make sure they're doing everything they possibly can to make sure that their players are positioned to, uh, to succeed. No, 100%. I'm right there with you. And and I think, right, when you hear the comments from guys like a Chase Claypool, uh, when he's talking about sometimes there's 10 guys uh, doing a good job and one person isn't like me, I think it's a run play and it's a screen play. That's my fault. I'm looking directly at the coaches. There's a lot of things I could put on Justin Fields for Sunday. But when I sit here and look at, okay, guys still don't know what they're doing. Guys yes. still haven't figured out how to play the game out there. Guys still are struggling with the concepts that you're implementing. You have to adjust your concepts to the players that you currently have. I understand you would love to run this with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but I don't know if you know this or not. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams ain't standing out there. So you have to adjust your game plan to what works for you. I really hope that we see Luke Getzey be able to come out here and do that. And he's going to have his hands full, uh, uh, especially coming into this game, because now we get the news we head here into the second quarter. By the way, second quarter brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino, Northern Indiana. You can see John Mulaney and Pete Davidson at Hard Rock Live Friday, October 6th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. The news coming in that Braxton Jones now has a neck injury and he will miss uh, he will be going to IR is absolutely concerning news. Braxton Jones was your one piece on this offensive line that was the piece that was healthy. And now even that piece has gone down. Not to say the left side of this line has been impeccable, but how does this change just your preparation and practice this week uh, going into this Kansas City game? Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, the, the Coach Flew say uh, – uh, Larry Borum's going to be on the list. Jatir Carter could be your oper- your uh, option there. And and uh, to his credit, Jatir Carter stepped in at right guard the other day and did an excellent job. I don't know if we've seen him play left tackle. I don't remember it anyway. Yeah, and at the same time, right, this is a situation where you've been struggling in protection. So regardless of who's in, like, obviously that's a huge loss because he's been manning that position since last year. Uh, you're going to put in a guy who hasn't played that position for a while. He hasn't got a lot of playing time, yeah. whether it's, you know, Carter or uh, Bourne. But you're going to have to give him help. Whoever's over there, whichever one, of, you're going to have to give him help. Whether, you know, you keep keep the back over there, have him chip on his way out, put a tight end over there. You're going to have to give him help. And that's the one thing that, you know, keeps coming up when you watch the All-22 is them, you know, protecting well then protecting bad. Like, it, it makes you scratch your head. Like, there was a play in which uh, – Cole Komet was was lined up outside Darnell Wright. And he's lined up outside of Darnell Wright on purpose because the whole thing is they put Cole there to help Darnell Wright on Tampa Bay's best pass rusher, that being Shaq Barrett. So on that play, Cole Komet is supposed to, right, if it's, there's a safety down in the box as well. So he's supposed to check the safety. if the, the safety is his protection responsibility. So if the safety doesn't come, his job is now to chip Shaq Barrett, right, to give – Darnell writes some outside help to give him outside presence to chip him and then release to a flat late in which he becomes the safety valve. Well, what does Cole Komet do? He releases inside. Shaq Barrett gets a jump on the snap count, bends that edge, and that's Justin Fields. I think it was his first sack. So it's like things like that that's very disturbing when you have guys, right, who's supposed to be your leader on offense, pillars of this organization, guys who've been in a system for the second year, like, yeah. that's a basic protection. Like, you got to know that. Like, why are you releasing inside an attack or running the flat when their best pass rusher is Shaq Barrett and you're there 
for that purpose. Like those are the things that's disturbing. Like those are the things that you can't say clean up, but those are the minimal mistakes that you can't have. And now if you talk about your left tackle being out. Those are the things that they're going to have to excel in this week because Andy Reid, he knows. He smells blood. He's going for it. He's like a shark in the water. And he's going to have a great game plan. He's going to put points on the board. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw this ball all over the secondary. Hell, we still don't even know the, the status of Eddie Jackson right now. You know, Eddie Jackson was hurt last game. We don't know his status. So, so guess what? Patty Mahomes is going to be dialing it up, and he's a guy that plays to his instincts, right? He's a guy who has a great coach that's going to tailor the game plan based upon his player's skill set. I mean, look at, look at Andy Reid. He even lets his players draw up plays, one play every week, to get them, to get them involved in the offense. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, he's playing to his player's strength. And don't get me wrong, Andy, Andy Reid has had a bunch of different quarterbacks, a bunch of different offenses, but what he always has done is play to the strengths of his quarterback, uh, call, uh, uh, devise a game plan in the scheme based upon the skill set of his players. I mean, that's it. It's, it's players. It's players over scheme. Like, that's just how it goes. Like, if I, if I, if I have a, if I don't have any receivers, well, then I can't run a spread offense because I don't got receivers that can run routes and catch the ball. You know what I mean? Like, you have to tailor an offense device towards your players. And it's up to your players to go out there and make sure that they're doing everything they can to execute the plays being called. So it's, it works hand in hand. I just think even like that play you called into question to me goes back to such a scheme thing for me. Like it has me questioning the scheme so much because, right, you you have Cole Komet to the outside of Darnell, right, which shortens up Darnell Wright's step as he's trying to get out and, and block on that play. And then you have him, right, right, like he cuts behind the right tackle to go out into the flat, like, what what who does that? Like I've I've never seen this before. And it's just like Luke Getzi's trying to invent new ways for this right. team to go out there and be uh surprising or decisive when no on Shaq Barrett. I need Darnell Wright to be able to get a full step to get ahead of this guy, or Cole Komet can't leave him. And I think that the part listen, I've said this, I've said this a couple of times. I don't know if I've said it on the Chicago Bears podcast at this point. The reason we're not talking more about Cole Komet is Chase Claypool has just been so God awful through two weeks. Cole Komet has been just as bad blocking wise as as Chase Claypool has, and he's been pissing me off so much through two games. Like it, it's insane. But I also look at, like you said, the scheme that you're putting in place. I'm looking at the coaches that you're put or what the coaches are putting out there on the field. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, nobody else is running this in the NFL. Why do you think you're special with what I would call? you know, good talent, but not great talent to be able to go out there and do this. You're not seeing this on 31 other offenses and there's offenses that should be worse than yours based on the talent that they have on their team. With Braxton Jones out, I'm not just looking at Getty. I'm looking at Simo. What's your blocking scheme? Why'd we bring Mercedes Lewis to this team? Is he going to help? He's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, right? We're not going to put him out there at all? At all? We got Equinamia St. Brown. He can't even get on the field anymore. You need help blocking-wise. I like that they put Roshan back there more, but that's just not enough. Yeah, and, you know, when, when your office is struggling, you've got to go and find, you know, you got to go back and, and like I said before, you got to have self-evaluation. What, what, what do we excel at? What do we do right? You know, let's find one thing that we're good at, right, and let's build upon that. So, you know, if we're averaging – five yards of carry, you know, as a, as a running back group, let's try to run this ball. Let's establish a presence. Let's establish an identity first. And let's build our passing game off of our running game. 
You know what I mean? Like, in, in the way you the way you build your playbook, the way you call plays, right? You layer your plays, right? So every base run, right? Every base every uh, base uh, run should have a play action pass off of it. You should have a boot off of it. You should have some type of special off of it, whether it's a reverse. You put a counter off of it. You know I mean, that's how you, that's how you lay your plays. And you know the good offensive coordinators when they're calling plays, they're calling a play to set up the next play or the next two plays. They're always thinking ahead. You know what I mean? Sometimes they're calling a play knowing it's not going to be successful, but they want to put that cheese out there for the defense to bite on it so then they can call another play and then maybe take the top off the defense. But at the end of the day, right, when you're trying to get an offense in rhythm, the best way you can do that is running the damn football. I mean, come on. Like, that's the best way. My quarterback's struggling passing, but I'm not going to continue to call, uh, you know, five-step drops in, in, in deep routes over 10 yards, have them sitting in the pocket. You know what I mean? Like, I've got to get a running game going so that we can have a heartbeat on offense and then build upon that. Then I throw in play action because now the defense is so worried about stopping the run. You know, now I may get a softer coverage. They may bring some an eighth man in the box, and now I have a chance of giving an opportunity for our receivers to beat a one-on-one so they can't just sit back there and play zone coverage. If you're going to let them sit back there and play zone coverage, we got to run the damn football. I mean, I, I just don't get it. That's what's so frustrating about it, Pat. Like, it's just, you know, you got to have a plan. And the great coaches, right, you're going to have a game plan, right? The other team's going to make adjustments. What are you going to do to have answers to those adjustments? That's what coaching is, right? Having a game plan, but also having answers. Because you may wa- you're going to watch film and say, okay, they do this, but they're always going to show you something different. So how do we answer, right? How do we solve the equation? How do we solve the defense of equation of what they're giving us? How do we how do you respond? That's offense. And I think the thing is too, right? Like one, you took away the number one thing that the Chicago Bears team was good at last season, which is running the football and Justin Fields' legs. And and I think through two games, the part that people lose running the football 100%. If Roshan Johnson's running the ball, right, what's that going to do? Oh, we got to play up. This guy's absolutely getting eight yards of carry. He's destroying us right now. All of a sudden, they're playing up. Now you can hit him with something over the top. Even on top of that, if Justin Fields can get out and move and people are only worried about Justin Fields running away from him, guess what? Guys are going to find ways to get open. Now, you have to have blocking for that to happen. To me, you have to have shorter routes like you talked about for that to happen, for you to be able to complete those passes. I still want Justin and to keep his eyes down the field. I do think that there is a benefit to being a hybrid passer. I don't I, I don't need this 110% pocket passer that everybody's looking for. Like it's 1965 again, right? Like I, I, I need somebody that can make plays on a consistent basis. If Justin Fields has teams worried about his legs, then they're not worried about his arm, which means you can take deep shots down the field. That still goes to Justin Fields. I'm not absolving him of anything. You got to take the shots when they're there. To me, my biggest issue with Justin Fields, with the comments that he made, right, about I need to be able to play more freely and go out there, okay, play more freely. The strip sack, you had four and a half seconds to throw that football. The interception uh, uh, in week one versus Green Bay, you had four and a half seconds to throw that football. The pick six. Yeah, the screen didn't work there. I, I don't like the play call on that, but, I mean, realistically, could we have gotten a better ball on that or could we have gotten a, hey, we saw this play three times. We need to throw this thing away. It's still here. Justin doesn't get absolved of any of this from me, but I look at this as they were trying to turn him into something that, and I'm not going to say he's not because that's what everybody wants to say, that he's not ready to be right now. Michael Vick became a passer. We saw it in Philly. He was a passer. 
He was lacing that mug in there. One of the prettiest deep balls you've ever seen from a left-handed QB. And so I just I, I sit here and and with the protection issues, with what we're seeing from Justin Fields, all of that, and call into the show. We do want to hear from you guys. 312-332-3776. You see the number on the screen there. You have to let these guys play freely, and I won't even limit it to Justin. I feel like the whole team's been trying to play robotic or play the system, and that's not the answer. Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball, too. I know we've been talking offense, but I want to flip the script a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, get uh, – not well, I'm still on offense. I'm talking about get, <laughs> get <on> my head. <laughs> that says where my mind's at, Pat. I'm like, ooh, I run that side of the ball, man. My head's about to pop off. Uh, so when I look at this defense, right, Coach Eberflew is calling the plays. We don't know the status of Allen Williams. So like Flew said, he'll probably be calling the plays this week. Pressure, right? Pressure, 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 pressure. I think we had 17 pressures last week against Tampa Bay. How many sacks do we have? Donut. Zero. Donut. Zero. Zero sacks. And, you know, he – Coach uh, Flew did a good job of bringing pressure. He brought, you know, from the secondary, he brought some linebackers. But here's the thing, right? And here's the thing that, that I think we overlooked. Well, actually, we didn't overlook, but we thought we had we thought we thought had it addressed by adding Anik and Gakwe. But at the same time, right, the great teams, they have multiple guys that can get pressure on the quarterback. We have one. And I've talked about it before, right? If I'm an offensive coordinator, when I look at that defensive front for the Bears, the only person that I'm circling in my game plan is Yannick Ngakwe. Because I feel like everybody else, I can my guys can handle one on one because they're not gonna they're not gonna generate consistent pressure on a quarterback. Yeah, Nick's the guy that I'm gonna highlight and say, you know what? There's where the help's gonna go. We're gonna make sure we set help to uh, Yannick, whether we slide that way, whether I put a back over there or a tight end over there, and everybody else, you win your one on one matchup, and we're gonna have time just like Jordan Love did and Baker Mayfield, and we look at Tampa Bay did, right, with their quarterback talking about game plans. They moved Baker, they moved him. They ran boot. I don't know how many times they ran boot against the Bears. You know what I'm saying? So if defensively, if and I can't even say if we get pressure on Kansas City, we have a chance because Patrick Mahomes excels under pressure. He's you going to It doesn't matter what you do yeah. defensively yeah. against Patrick. He's going to find ways to make plays, and he's going to distribute that ball to, to a variety of receivers. You know, Kelsey's the number one, but he has a bunch of guys like he's shown us over and over again every Sunday that – He's going to distribute that ball. He's going to find the open target. So defensively, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, what Flues does. We've made up a lot of mistakes defensively. You know, um, you know, like we talked about, Eddie Jackson may not be back there. Uh, you know, Elijah Hicks may come in. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, you know, he came back in the game. He went out to the game last week, came back in. Uh, so it's going, it's going to be a tough matchup. You know, defensively, we've, we, you've got to try to get pressure. Like, I don't know what you do to try to stop Patrick Mahomes, but if you're not getting him on the ground, good luck. He's going to put a 40 burger. I'm not going to lie to you and don't tell Lance Briggs, right? But, like, I can live with the defensive struggles because I feel like the Bears came into this season talking about defensive struggles. We talked about our DBs and our linebackers. They're probably going to have to be fighting for their lives unless you got a three technique that emerges from one of these young guys. Justin Jones ain't a three technique. He can't win a one-on-one to save his life. Andrew Billings is a run stuffer. I need Javon Dexter, who did some good things on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. Looking at the tape, Javon Dexter actually did some really good things, uh, especially stopping in the run game. I need Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens to develop into those guys. That's not going to happen play one, right? So you came – the second you made the Darnell Wright pick, you made the decision – 
they're probably not going to have pressure up the middle because we're not going to overpay for that guy. And so the problem is you made that pick. You made your investment in the offense. Your offense needs to go out there and actually look like a competent offense. And I like this, right? Cedric Smith with the comments, we don't have 10 years for Justin to turn into a pocket passer. We need a QB. No, I need somebody who can go out there and force this offense to be a winner. It's not, it's not just we need a QB, right? I need somebody who's going to turn this offense from something that is inept to something that can go out there and win every single week that gives you an opportunity to be in the game. I'm, I'm the, the mindset of I need somebody who can stand back there and sling it for 3,500, 4,000, 5,000 yards, right? Like, listen. There's a lot of guys who can go out here and play. You, you saw uh, Jalen Hurts get to a Super Bowl last year. He had 3,700 yards. Mitch Trubisky had 3,700 yards. Now Mitch might have had 35. <laughs> right? Like, it's not – I'm, I'm fine with you being that guy if you yeah. go out there and win games. I don't care how we get to a Super Bowl as long as there's an, a reason that the offense is involved in it. Because I'm going to tell you what, if the offense gives you just a little bit of help and you can rebuild a defense, I don't know, like Chicago's done forever then all of a sudden we're talking about a very different situation that the Chicago Bears have not been in for a very, very long time. And I think that that's really, for the sake of time, right, Carmen and Yurko coming up next here, uh, for the sake of time, I think that's kind of where we got to leave it right now. Those are two very big things to hear, though, today, hearing from Justin Fields that, uh, you know, basically he doesn't want to be a robot, hearing from uh, – uh, um, you know, Matt Eberflus that Braxton Jones will not be out there. And I thought I thought Flus even took it in stride as well. Like, listen, I want him to tell me stuff. Like, what do y'all want him to sit here and lie to me and tell me that no, coach, everything's okay. Keep killing us. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I like that he even took it in stride on that to shoot Flus this tiniest bit of bear. Uh, J Mac, any parting thoughts for the people as uh, we get ready for Kansas City? You'll be down there. Uh, and uh, what barbecue will you be partaking in? <laughs> Now I got a buddy that's there, so he's going. He's already got everything lined up. So I'm probably going to come back about ten pounds heavier, which I don't need to because I've been trying to be on the diet. You know, during football season, you're coaching and covering the game, eating a lot of bad food. But now, parting thoughts, man. Thanks for everybody tuning in the chat. We see your comments. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you keep tuning in and uh, you know, bear down. You know, win or lose, win, lose or draw. I appreciate you guys sticking sticking with this team. You know, I appreciate the fan support and uh, you know. Prayerfully, I'm a fan now, so we need a better product. I'm going to say it for you guys. We need something better. Let's go, man. This is BS. Long overdue. Hey, listen, I, I need it. I mean, like, hey, J-Mac, how many reps you got? We need we need some blocking, bro. We need some blocking. I've I seen man. your tape. You, Look you here, man. To, how many you Run got left? Damn, Run the damn ball. It'll set up the pass. That's, that's, that's my parting thoughts, okay? I know I'm a fullback, but it's obvious. Run the damn ball. It'll set up everything else. <laughs> That's my parting comments right there. That's the name of this episode right there. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. If you have not done so, drop a bird on in the comments below. We'll be back here tomorrow with Courtney Cronin as we look at what Kansas City is going to bring to the table as we head down there. J-Mac, I'll, uh, I'll see you Sunday, brother, as we uh, do the handle the post-post game show. Well, I won't see you, but I'll hear you Sunday as we handle the post-post game show. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bird Don. Bear down.